Well, Todd, we're, we're back again. Uh, it was really interesting to hear about your time up in uh, upstate New York. And then uh, you left us with letting us know that you're going to be talking about Trust 100. So, uh, so take it away. Thank you, Rob. Um, I wanted to, uh, of course, make a, a quick disclaimer uh, in that the anecdotes and the stories and my career uh, really is nothing special. There are thousands of funeral directors across the globe that could um, testimony the same type of experiences. So I wanted to be very clear and humble about this, that I thank Rob, you very much for doing this. Uh, but I don't want the listeners to think in any way that I'm presenting myself as something uh, special or uh, unique in this. Uh, thousands of funeral directors have. In fact, one of the great things that I always enjoyed about hanging out with funeral directors, and I love to hang out with funeral directors, uh, is the stories. Uh, you know, if you go out for cocktails with a group of funeral directors, uh, they, you, the conversation is certainly not going to be about the weather. It's not going to be about sports. It's not going to be about families, um, uh, children. Uh, it's going to be about funeral service. And uh, the stories uh, are in abundance. And I, I personally have this theory that most funeral directors deserve a PhD in psychology based on experiential expertise, that they are on the front lines of this stuff uh, day after day, year after year. It's one of the great strengths of our great profession. But anyway, so we ended last time. Uh, I had this uh, another, another hope uh, in my life to get part ownership of the Simmons Institute in Syracuse. And this school is old and been established there for years. And uh, it all started out as most everything, uh, the honeymoon period. And then there were issues. There were just issues that came up. And so the end was um, that the new agreement was <laughs> not surprisingly not 50-50 partnership, it was 49-51. Um, and that's usually the, okay, the, the writing was on the wall. And um, so I got dismissed. I got sacked from that job. Uh, and looking back at it, no tears were shed when that happened because it simply was not a good fit. Although I felt the school had tremendous potentials, um, but now the school shut down, it's closed, it's stores, Simmons is no longer. So anyway, in this transition period, I get a call from a former colleague um, by the name of Frank Rosenacher uh, in Cincinnati. Now Frank and I shared an office together 40 years ago when I started at Cincinnati, he was already there. Um, and he, he had gotten involved with this organization called Trust 100. Now the Trust 100 vision was created by four men 
Jim Will from Michigan, Alan Creedy, who still uh, hobnobs around in funeral service, Dave Toll from Florida, and Bob Wynn uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. And the vision of this, uh, which I personally found it to be utterly fascinating, the approach that this company had for funeral service innovation. It was a pre-need sales company, but it wasn't dependent upon just the typical ancient pre-need marketing approach, such as direct mail, phone calls, et cetera. Trust 100, um, which was a stretch for me because I was very conservative. You remember I came out of Hefe and Hefe and you know, you want to talk about conservative, right? That funeral home. But Trust 100 got television advertising and they did a co-op. They franchised the, um, the program to funeral homes in different cities and they would tag the ad, right? Just like if you see Chevrolet, uh, if you watch a Chevrolet commercial, they will tag the, here's the generic commercial about Chevrolet, the new car. And then at the end of the ad, you look down and there's six Chevrolet dealers in the metropolitan area that are being tagged. I, I had never ever ever noticed that, right? But that doesn't mean it didn't work, right? Because I'm very conservative with this stuff. And I thought the funeral service was far beyond, far, far beyond in ethics and nobility to be on television, but they hired me anyway, all right? Um, and I think part of it was a pity fest, right? Because I was out of a job and uh, we wanted to go back to Cincinnati. So, but it turned out to be as many things in my life, many, many times I have missed the whole damn boat. I've gotten involved with things that I thought were gonna be disastrous and they turned out to be some of the greatest learning experiences of my career. And Trust 100 <coughs> definitely was. Um, it was my first entree on a international scene because we had a bunch of funeral homes in Canada. Now, not, not, not in the prairies and not out west and not in the Maritimes, we, that didn't go, but in Ontario, all right? Turner and Porter were on it, uh, Jack and Alan Ward's places, uh, uh, Andy Doyle's place in Ottawa, Lauren Kelly's place in Ottawa. And, and the name, you just, John Morrison, you just go down the list of these Ontario uh, funeral homes and we had Trust 100 Canada. And so the ad, right, and I wanna make a, a mention about this ad. All right, so my idea of a funeral home ad was the ad would be about the funeral director. 
right? The ad would not be about uh, a product. It wouldn't be about a promotion. And I, I had no clue about the relationship between preference and awareness that, you know, you know the drill. Every, you know, everybody in town might know the name. They're aware of it. But when mother dies, you don't get the call. Right, so they're going to go somewhere. They prefer someone else. <coughs> I just thought that's how it was. Right, I, I, I didn't take it any further than we got the call, and that was the way it went. Trust One Hundred was an entirely different arena, right? Because these ads, the ad was called Ed and Louise, and you can imagine when I first saw this ad because the ads that I liked was when the voice of God got in front of the camera, a male talking about the value of the funeral and, and uh, John Turner uh, had television ads out there and John was the star of the ad. And look, I got to say this, I love John Turner, but those ads were utterly horrible, right? Because it was this old, undertaker up there talking with the voice of God, um, you know, and there was no substance to the ad, right? It was just John Turner up there talking about how wonderful uh, his funeral home was. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But it isn't money well spent in promotions. I, I've, I became a believer on that. Trust 100, we had this guy who named Jim Maney. M-A-N-E-Y. I took an instant dislike to him because he was a hyper type A all over the place. And this guy's world was buying television time. They started to throw terms around like ADI, area of dominant influence. I've sat there in these meetings an old embalmer and funeral director. What the hell are they talking about? Area dominant influence. And then they started to run the ad and they showed us the ad, Ed and Louise. So here's how much I went up the learning scale on this. Ed and Louise. Ed, they're both 55 years old, right? But they're acting as if they're 35. And we figured out that AARP, AARP, there was a guy named Lee Norgard, who was the funeral guru at um, AARP. And he, can, he told us the greatest accomplishment that AARP has done is they've convinced the American public that we're 15 years younger than we actually are, right? So if you're 70, you're really running around thinking you're 55. And I'm a living testimony of that, right? I'll be 70 years old next month. And I, I'm, I'm going strong. And so, so, and we also knew that the funeral decision makers in funeral service were not men. They were women. 55 years and older. So you had this magic number of 55. So Ed and Louise get on here and they got their sweaters tied around their neck. They look cool and sexy, right? Nobody's sick. Nobody's on, uh, on health. Nobody's got diabetes. Nobody's got heart conditions. They're healthy. Well, 
and Ed acts as if he is this clueless doofus. Now, if you watch other ads from like Macy's Department Store or Sherwin-Williams Paint, there's, if they have a husband and wife, there's this consistent theme that the, the, the female in the relationship is the one that saves the day. So the, the, the husband goes and buys a gallon of Sherwin-Williams paint, comes home, and his wife says, do you have the receipt? Because that paint's going back, All right? So Trust 100, I, I hope your viewers don't take offense at this, but it's just a, it just worked, right? Because it's, it's how things are in life at times. And so Ed uh, forgot their uh, anniversary. Uh, Ed forgot her birthday. Ed forgot their children's birthdays. Uh, he, Ed just is this forgetful man standing there, but looking really cool and sexy in this ad. You know, he's thin and trim. He's got salt and pepper hair. And, but Louise then looks and says, but there's one appointment, <laughs> there's one appointment that you will not forget. We are going to see our Trust 100 funeral director this afternoon at three o'clock because we have to make arrangements. Uh, and, and look, the one thing that caught my attention about this was Trust 100 did not say, so our kids don't have to worry about it because the research at Trust 100 showed that the reason parents prearrange their funeral is because they don't trust their children that they're going to do with the money and the wishes of what the parents want. Uh, that caught my attention, all right, because I knew from being a practicing funeral director that parents that didn't trust their children were, uh, that, that was alive and well out there, right? And we would hear it across the desk, uh, not all the time, but we'd hear it. And so uh, we got uh, these um, uh, clients and uh, David Fitzsimmons uh, was really the spearhead of organizing this thing. I was the education guy uh, for what that was worth, right? Uh, but we would do these Trust 100 training. We had a bunch of funeral homes in Michigan. We had funeral homes out on Long Island uh, Bill Wagner and Vernon Wagner was one of the key leaders of it. Uh, we had uh, funeral homes uh, in Ohio. Um, and, and so Trust 100, I was there for four years. And um, I learned more about funeral home promotion and, and marketing and advertising in a effective way, right? Not, not calendars and not rain bonnets and not pencils and pens like I historically had done, but something that really took off. And Monumental Life was, uh, they're not selling pre-need anymore, but Monumental Life was the insurance carrier. And, and I mentioned this because the, 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 the uh, Trust 100 group that really sailed uh, was Trust 100 Canada. Uh, you had these uh, 
high power uh, funeral homes up there, Jack Ward and Doug, Doug Porter. Uh, and these men became uh, dear, dear friends of mine. And it was during, uh, we'll get into this later on, uh, it was in my travels in Canada with Trust 100 uh, that I first met um, one of the seminal figures in my career it was a man named Harry Coyle Burgoyne Rath, R-A-T-H. And Harry was, uh, in my opinion, uh, the grand statesman of funeral service in Canada. And we're going to be talking about him in another uh, episode, not too far from here. So that was the Trust 100 uh, time, Rob. That sounds very interesting, Todd. What happened when, like, how did things then wrap up with tr you and Trust 100? Well, Trust 100, uh, they, they started to tangle within the office. Uh, the owners of Trust 100 took uh, umbrage with the leadership of Trust 100. Um, and by that time, it was clear uh, that the, census, see, the Trust 100 had a, the, the, the center of it was Cincinnati. But then it, it, this would be around 80, 80 uh, 92 that the there was going to be a shakeup and 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 you know and, and the owners could do what they wanted with it right it was their it was their company uh, and but at the same time now davis simmons had already left trust 100 and he had hooked up with a young canadian company called the lowen group and the Lowen Group's world headquarters was in Burnaby, British Columbia, right outside a suburb of Vancouver. Well, hell, it's on the other side of the country, right? And, and so all of a sudden in the early 90s now, while Trust 100 is going along, right? Trust 100 started to lose members, there's no doubt. Uh, but we started to see that Lowen was beginning to buy funeral homes in the United States. Up until that time, they had been exclusively Canada. They had 100 firms. They had 100 firms from, um, uh, Prince, from Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island out to Vancouver, right? Uh, one, just 100. Right. But the, in Canada, that was a that was a bunch. Right. Because there are not near as many funeral homes in, in the Dominion of Canada as there are in the United States. Right. <clears throat> but so so then Lowen, we heard the news got out that they had bought their first U.S. acquisition. They bought Colgis Funeral Home in Sacramento, uh, California. So at this particular time, Fitzsimmons, uh, they decide, Tim Hogenkamp, Dave Fitzsimmons were Cincinnati guys that ended up moving to Vancouver. That was a tough assignment because if you had funeral homes in Ohio and you lived in Vancouver, you had funeral homes in North Carolina or Massachusetts, which they, by this time, Lowen did, 
to and they put uh, Hogenkamp uh, and uh, Fitzsimmons as the United States VPs, and so that meant that how how what can you do when you live in Vancouver and your job is in Massachusetts, right? So you're halfway across the globe, and so it took a toll on them, and and they convinced Ray Lowen, and rightfully so, that the U.S. needed an office. And they went back to Cincinnati. And the reason they did was because they all loved Cincinnati, but also Cincinnati was at that time a Delta hub, right? So Delta had built this big terminal out at the Cincinnati airport, and now it was a hub. And so... I'm in Cincinnati, <clears throat> and again, this goes to the issue of relationships, because on the advisory board of Lowen was a man named Gordon Bigelow, and Gordon Bigelow had been the executive director of the American Board of Funeral Service Education. He and I had worked very closely together in accreditation projects for mortuary colleges, et cetera. And so the uh, David Fitzsimmons got involved with it because Fitzsimmons knew the Trust 100 was going on shaky territory, that the Cincinnati office was going to be shut down. And he knew I didn't want to leave Cincinnati. And so, I, so the conversation started that Lowen was at a point that they needed a Department of Education. They needed in-house training. Uh, and so I interviewed for the job uh, in, um, let's see, June. Uh, yes, June of 1992, so 30 years ago. And uh, I got the job. And I was there for 10 years. And uh, our, um, our next session will be um, talking about... Uh, the Lowen Group and um, how, uh, you know, that was a turning, another turning point in my career. Uh, but, uh, but by the time I went to Lowen, I had already started international relationships uh, with funeral directors. Um, and, and then also I got, uh, got hooked up with the Dodge Seminars. And so that turned into 25 years of doing that and Dodge then of course had contacts in England and so I ended up going over to England to do seminars and Dodge had contacts in New Zealand and Australia and I ended up going down uh, down under and so in 92 92 was very similar to 82 uh, as major transition period as to that the world in General service was expanding and changing, uh, and what a blessing, right? Because to this day, and I'll talk more about it when we talk about Canada, uh, the relationships that I have been able to build over my career with the Canadian funeral directors has been one of the blessings, in-depth blessings of my life and career. It's they're wonderful, wonderful people up there. That's great, Todd, and um, I'm a benefactor of that too. So I appreciate that. I'm looking forward for you to dive in more about Lone Group. This will be really interesting. 
Thanks for today, Todd. Thank you, Rob, always.